listeners, welcome to the Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with my co-host Brian, and this week we're going to be reviewing the 2018 American horror film Cam, directed by Daniel Goldhaber and written by Isa Mazai. Um, this is a story about a girl who is uh, a Cam artist and uh, her identity gets stolen from her. Um, Brian, this is kind of an eye-opener for me. Are you familiar with this industry at all? No. I mean, I knew it existed, but I had no idea, like, how it worked or... Yeah. The details were not... I was not aware of. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and, and I thought that was one of the coolest things about this movie is it's just kind of a behind-the-look at, at an industry I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, like, take it took a very, like... Um, just kind of like logical look at it. It wasn't like hyper sexualized or mm-hmm. sexually charged. It was just like here's here's how it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it was very factual. It didn't take like the angle you think like a typical Hollywood movie would would take it in. Yeah. Um, and so, and so this one uh, just came out on Netflix uh, in November of this year. It's been uh, garnering a lot of praise, actually. Like the, the the critics' reviews are pretty good. It's got like a ninety or eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and, and I think part of that's driven because of uh, Isa, the the writer here. Like she was actually a cam girl. Uh, did you read about that? Yeah, I learned that after I watched it. That's really interesting. It kind of um, makes sense because it, even though I didn't know anything about that industry, it kind of was like feeling like they were getting it right yeah yeah like it wasn't like being like really glamorized or uh done like a typical kind of treatment that um you know if you ask someone who doesn't really know about it would kind of like project this is yeah, very it, factual yeah and i also felt like it wasn't like exploitative like it wasn't being like the opposite of glamorized either yeah yeah exactly and, and, and I think in reading some of the interviews about her and like what her goal with this movie, like I think she wanted to do a film which kind of showed the reality of uh, people who work in this industry. And she thought like the horror sci-fi genre would be like the best because like that's a genre that people get excited about and they wouldn't just approach it as like, oh, here's a documentary about like, uh, you know, cam girls or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like they were going to do a documentary until she changed her mind. I, I think that's probably effective too because like, I th- there's a certain group of people that watch documentaries, but I imagine it's not as big as <laughs> the horror crowd. Yeah. Or people, who, it's not even that heavy of a horror movie. It's more like just a good thriller. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's just good good storytelling at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think that element makes a lot more sick. I've been seeing that for years. We should get rid of documentaries and just replace them with uh, horror films, which loosely touch on the subject. <laughs> like you know, you know a good uh, successful example of that. Uh, Al Gore comes out with an inconvenient truth. Like no one watches that. But then, like years later, they come out with like the day after tomorrow and all those, which is basically the same movie, but obviously a lot more interesting, better budget, more people go to see it. Yeah, I was just thinking today. I don't know what got me thinking about it that there should be more climate change horror movies. <laughs> yeah, there should. <laughs> oh, yeah, considering how well the happening did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If that was any indication of success. Yeah. Um, given your uh, broad genre of horror, which you know has been a fun topic on the show, would you consider sh- uh, movies like um, Deep Impact or um, Day After Tomorrow, uh, 2012, like would you consider those horror films? No. 
Okay, but you would consider them documentaries. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, to, I, I appreciate that she you know chose this medium to tell a very interesting story and bring to light uh, you know, this perspective or this uh, kind of uh, the industry of, of American life. Um, and you know, would, would you classify this as a modern day like tech techno horror? Is that what you used to call it? Yeah, I think I think it is a techno horror for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it has a very, very much thriller vibe. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like, um, one of the yeah genres that it comes out. Yeah. It, it is, it is like more thriller than I guess like supernatural horror or anything. Yeah. It's kind of like a psychological horror too. It's yeah. very trippy. You, you don't, you like can't make sense of what's going on and you don't know if it's happening and some things are happening in this person's head or what. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does have that ambiguity and that, that sense of like paranoia that you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Pretty effective. And um, here, uh, the, so the main, the main actress is um, Madeline Brewer, who uh, I guess has been on Orange is the New Black. Uh, have you seen her in that? Yeah, I had to like look her up, look up pictures of her in Orange is the New Black. And yeah, then me put too. And put together who she was. She looks <laughs> very different. Like, yeah, she doesn't look anything like what she looks like in... <laughs> Um, But, you know, similar to uh, the movie we talked about in last week's episode, Overlord, um, uh, Madeline's also been in a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, and it's crazy we didn't mention this in the Overlord episode, but John Nagaro was in Orange is the New Black, so... Oh, who is he in... Both those movies had an Orange is the New Black and Black Mirror. Wow, small world. Connection, yeah. Yeah, who, who, uh, who was he in that, in Orange is the New Black? I can't remember any of the characters' names now, but do you know the woman who, she's got dark hair and she's kind of like a Brooklyn accent? Yeah. Um, I think she's kind of like a, not a relationship addict, she's like obsessed with her ex-boyfriend or husband or whatever. Yeah, wears lipstick. Yeah, she yep. she wears lipstick. She's like a very done up person. Yeah, but, um, yeah. She then meets this guy who becomes her like boyfriend who visits her in prison, and that's John Magaro. Oh, okay, got it from the Overload episode. Interesting. Yep. And then he worked with uh, Madeline. We were in that one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, her work here was pretty good. Not not a huge cast or anything. Um, I feel like this one. It's is, is it kind of under the radar? Like I don't feel like there is a lot out there on it. Um, like I mean, I it kind of it's kind of creating a buzz, but it's surprising not to like uh, see like a synopsis anywhere or anything. Yeah, it, it definitely has a buzz, but like this dude, uh, it's his first feature film, Daniel Goldhaber or whatever, the director, right? And the writer Isa Mize, it's her first feature film as well. So yeah, and I think Daniel's background was like shooting her in some like pornographic type videos. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, so he they, really, he only had like short film experience and that kind of stuff. So right. to see him come out and make a movie like this is it's pretty surprising. I, I like, agree. Yeah, pretty surprising for some newbies. Um, yeah, it's a very well put together movie. Yeah, I never would have guessed like this is like their first uh, go around here. Cause yeah, the writing uh, and and the editing and and the the, the shooting. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's pretty impressive for for a first timer. Yeah. Um, and I know these are, it's not a big budget movie, so it's, it's a lot of actors and actresses we don't know, but 
I saw a name in the credits that I recognized. Do you recognize anybody in this movie from another movie that we've done a podcast episode on? Ooh, uh, no. No, I don't. The Love Witch was in this. What? Uh, Samantha Robinson? Yep. Wow, who who was she? She was Princess X. She was the one who was, like, trying to get people to leave Lola's chat room. Oh. She was, like, luring them away, and they kind of had, like, a tension between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that was the Love Witch. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so weird, because I follow her on Instagram. I thought I would have heard... <laughs> Even your Instagram follows. I didn't recognize her, but I noticed her name in the credits. Yeah, yeah, man, she's getting around the the horror movie community. Good yeah, for her. <laughs> yeah, and kind of the uh, like feminism themes in movies too. Yeah, which I, I thought was a really cool aspect of this movie. Uh, and 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 I think you know, Isa in, in writing it, she wanted to show that these like women, and, and I think you see this in the main character. Like she's kind of in charge. She's the protagonist. She's never like really a victim. Uh, I mean, to, as as like these you know these kind of characters might be portrayed in other movies. I, I think it's a very strong female lead, which I, I really appreciated in this one. Yeah, yep. And I think, oh man, she just like nails a lot of like really subtle stuff. Yeah, like she sends certain messages that she's trying to send with just one very subtle scene, and it's not like smacked across our face the whole movie. Oh man. Yeah. Like, like, uh, sorry, that's a bad phrase to use in a movie about the porn industry. Um, <laughs> <Wait>. Yeah. <laughs> just never mind. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where a police officer, like, when he finds out what her profession is, like, asks, like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do? Yeah. And she says she was actually asked that by several Hollywood executives in meetings. Right. Like, once they learned that she'd previously worked as a cam model. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like the uh, the male creep was very well captured in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah and it, it, that is very similar to Love Witch because I, I feel like the men in that, you also had like the male creep character uh, represented through a few people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a, that's an awesome uh, yeah. you know, medium to portray, portray this stuff. Um. Tech tech horror in, in general. Uh, what was that? We we've seen a few films, right? Like The Pulse. Uh, what was uh, that one where the guy goes into the TV? Videodrome. Yeah, Videodrome. Um, I think The Black Mirror is kind of like tech. Uh, what yeah. would have been like some of your favorite tech movies? Oh man, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was one other one that we saw. I mean, you, uh, The Ring is debatable on whether or not it's techno horror. Yeah. I don't think I can really think of any off the top of my head now. I, oh, I did uh, like Videodrome quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, Videodrome was pretty cool. Was the fly uh, techno horror? Um, no, but that I think you're just thinking of that because it was David Cronenberg. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, he, he did Videodrome. Did. Right, yeah, he did Videodrome. Okay, so if you go back and watch The Ring now, um, a lot of times it feels like the technology of these movies can quickly become dated. To where the fact uh, of the, the 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 main scare behind it, the technology that's driving, uh, you know, these characters uh, and driving the horror elements, uh, start to feel kind of silly. And I don't know if you feel like that's a threat in this movie or not, or if you feel like it can hold up uh, and stand the test of time. I think the movie can hold up and stand the test of time, and I think those other movies do too, because it's not the mode of technology that is really the crux of the film. It's kind of like the larger themes at play. 
yeah. for the ring and for Pulse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It, it is more the, the thematic elements of it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, definitely a genre I like. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's great that, you know, you have such a strong, uh, female presence in this one. Uh, any other categories you'd put this in? Uh, I think that checks the boxes, psychological horror, thriller, techno horror. Yeah. Were you able to find any story for like how this came into Netflix's hands or what the origin of this was? Uh, yeah, it premiered at Fantasia International Film Festival in July of 2018, and then shortly after, Netflix acquired the distribution rights, and it was released on Netflix November 16th. Hmm. We're getting pretty uh, timely with these episodes, man. We're releasing <laughs> stuff that's hot out the presses. I know, look at us being like super relevant. <laughs> I think it might become obvious to listeners, and I think I mentioned this on our one of our little blurbs that... We're trying to catch up on 2018 stuff that we missed while we were doing our month of Halloween movies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so much happened in that month. And, and in November, like, the, the momentum's, like, been going on still. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot uh, of stuff has come out. Yeah. Yep. I liked it. Uh, so anyone else you recognize from the movie? Uh, there's nobody else that I recognize, but... Imani Hakim, who plays Baby, was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, wow. No kidding. Yeah. He plays Baby. Which one, which one is Baby? She was, oh. like, the number one. The, yeah, right. Number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah. that's a pretty cool twist behind her in the movie that we'll talk about in the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I, I thought it was a really cool, uh, you know, topic to, to pick for them and, and to show like the slice of, of the world. Yeah, indeed. And, um, it sounds like Isa had her caming videos pirated and reposted without crediting her. So that's where she got the idea for this movie. Yeah. What's that? Uh, this is like a, like one of the things they allude to is like, there's a software out there that, um, you can basically take anyone's face and put it on any body. I, th- I think that's what like this movie is kind of referring to, right? Oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, th- that was part of the inspiration. Is um, and, and I forget what the name. Uh, you know, I think I have it in my notes. Uh, there's some. No, I didn't write it down. There's there's a yeah a software out there, and and I think that this is like what's happening in this industry is you are having like a lot of these uh, knockoffs or people like taking you know work that's done by like these kind of artists. And then, um, you know, like copywriting it, replacing the faces. And, and that's kind of what's like inspiring uh, the, the, this movie and the story. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I can't decide whether to talk about this on a podcast episode or not. But like, I feel like I have memories of like seventh grade being at uh, probably younger than that, being at friends' houses who like had computers and they would like download an image of like a yeah. nude celebrity in there head would be like a different skin color yeah, in the body. <laughs> you know, people tan, you know, differently. It's, you know, there's, there's so many explanations for why you know, my head kid. tan's different than my body tan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny right. as a 15 well, year old. Like, I know that there's this high tech software. You, you might see your face on some strange pictures online pretty soon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, which, you know, that, that, that is pretty crazy in the, in this world today, like the inauthenticity that comes with technology and like the things you can do. And uh, I, I think this movie kind of plays to that, which, which is cool. 
Yeah, it, it's very, very creepy. Yeah. There's some there's some stuff in this movie that, like, is creepier when you, like, sit back and think about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Would you, would you say this is more cerebral? Yes. I agree. Than non-cerebral? I guess. I don't know what the other alternative was. <laughs> <laughs> A, <non-thinker. laughs> A non-thinker. It's more cerebral than foot-related. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you're right on that one. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, anything else uh, before we uh, jump to the start talking about the plot? That's all I got. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm getting a note that uh, we just had a new episode uploaded, and I'm not sure if we we're putting one out, so I'm going to go check it out really quick, and then uh, all right, good. I'll be right back. Good luck, man. All right. Thanks. All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, what's the issue? So apparently, uh, there's an uh, an episode of ours came out, but it's under the Horror Movie Club podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did you put something out? Uh, no, I didn't. But our our show's called Horror Movie Club podcast. Oh, oh yeah, no, this is this is good. Uh, but but it, it sounds just like us. And, you know, they might be using some kind of software. And it's actually getting a lot more views than we do, so maybe we should probably <laughs> track it a little better. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of, watching this movie, I had a lot of uh, takeaways for us, like, you know, things we could do to make our podcast sell more. Yeah? Um, yeah. Maybe, like, like, record from a bubble bath? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for one. <laughs> Both there in bubble baths. People can, like, tip uh, topic ideas and, and put, like, dollar amounts next to it, and we'll, we'll agree which one to talk about. Um, I could I could kill you for some money. You know, there's this all kinds <laughs> of things we could do. Dude, wait. So did you did you pre-plan that break thing with the? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't pre-plan it with the. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Why does that not work? We just had this whole thing, listeners, where we weren't recording, and Ashwin and I got in an argument because he was calling Pulse the Pulse, and he calls <laughs> Horror Movie Club the Horror Movie Club. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to get that back, plugged back in. You, you worked it in even though it wasn't included in the final recording. <laughs> exactly. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a throwback to a B-side that no one will ever hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's... We should check it, check in this podcast that's more popular than ours, but it might be someone forging us. Yeah. Someone well, to look into. Let them have it. Yeah, exactly. Let's dive into the plot then. So I think this movie kicks off, uh, you know, just kind of getting you immersed into this world of cam girls, which are these girls, for those of us, uh, for those of you who aren't maybe familiar, uh, these, these women who are online on another side of a camera, they're in these chat rooms talking to guys and um, they're kind of putting on a show. And I'm not sure if these shows run like 24-7. It seems like they're probably just a few hours. Uh, I, no idea. I mean, I'm sure 24-7 you can access anybody's, sh- like a variety of shows, but I'm sure it's a person can't be on the video for 24 hours. Yeah. Although I think there are some people... I don't think this is a porn thing, but I think there are some people who just are like, hey, 
my camera's on and it's always on. Wow. Like Truman Show it pretty much. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. But uh, yeah, I guess we should have said what cam girls were right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, you know, it's, it's something like I feel like I've, I've heard about, um, you know, you also have like ads popping up about it, but it's just kind of interesting to really dive into it. And then I, I guess they make money uh, by the audience who like tips them. They never, one of the things in this movie they never really talk about is uh, how much each like coin or token is worth. Um, I wasn't sure what the conversion rate was. It wasn't like dollar yeah. for dollar, was it? I would guess not, because otherwise the money would have gotten pretty high up there. But yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, but uh, so the opening scene we're introduced to the main character Alice, who's uh, played by Madeline, um, and she's doing a, a live cam show. And um, you know, one of, one of the things like that, she's uh, yeah, she's got this room that's like uh, you know, it's pink lighting, um, and it kind of this whole scene kind of felt like very David Lynchy, like kind of keyboard music like synthesizers and uh her like playing like this false personality to the camera and you know trying to get people to like contribute tips so that she would do stuff and then she's like uh talking about you know doing different kind of acts uh of the sexual nature and then someone like jumps into the chat room and uh like he's like name is like visitor and is like you know take the knife and kill yourself and just like telling her to like basically like stab herself and stuff and all, everyone else in the room, in the chat room, is like saying, don't listen to her, or don't listen to him, you know, uh, block him. And she tries to block him, but he comes back as a different visitor. And so it's starting to get kind of tense, because you think, like, there's this uh, guy who's coming into the chat room and, like, trying to get her to kill herself. So finally, like, she pulls out a knife, which I'm like, you know, why does she have a knife to begin with there? Yeah. And and she's like, is this what you want? And then, like, she stabs herself on, on camera, and she, like, falls back, and there's, like, blood everywhere. Yeah, she, like, slits her throat. Yeah. You know, this whole sequence I thought had kind of uh, a, like a scream kind of stalker vibe going with it, where there's like a slasher or someone um, taunting like, a, you know, someone who's who's like, a, you know, their the victim. Did you get that vibe at yeah. all? Yeah, it did a little bit because scream starts out with a phone call and someone like taunting the victim and this is happening via chat. Yeah, in a chat room, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it was tense. I thought this opening scene was really tense. Yeah. I was, I was like, wow, she killed herself, like, right in the beginning of the movie. That's interesting. Yeah, my stomach dropped when she took out the knife. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty freaky. Um, but it turns out it was, like, all, like, I mean, so she's there, she's, like, covered in blood, and uh, you can see, like, the room is just, like, freaking out. And then um, I think while the camera's running, she, like, you, you see, like, she gets up, and she's, it was, like, this whole thing was, like, an elaborate gag. Or, or I think maybe she shuts the camera off at that point. Um, I think she gets up on camera. Oh, okay. So everyone knows it's like kind of a, a a joke, I guess, or a a practical effect. Yeah. Um. But the the highlight for her is like her standing at that point, like when she started this show, was like she was like the fifty sixth person ranked person on this website, and after like that little stunt, she's like up to like fifty three, and she's just like ecstatic about it, uh, because yeah, and, yeah, and that's kind of what she's after. It was a very like. She felt like a small business owner or something. Like, it it made me think like, oh, it's probably like pretty hard work to do this. Like, yeah, she really had things planned out, like elaborate stunts. And yeah, like props and costumes and like the lighting of the room. Like, yeah, she was, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things uh, this this movie like kind of showed me is like how much like performance and theater goes into what 
and I mean, I'm sure they're not all like that, but at least for her, like she was like kind of an artist and, and you're right, kind of like an entrepreneur, a small business owner, just kind of, uh, uh, going at it. Yeah. Pulling out the stops. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then, uh, I, oh yeah. So, so then, then, uh, you know, she goes, um, you, you see her, uh, offline, she's talking to this guy, uh, who was like that visitor in the room. So it was, it was, the whole thing was like kind of a, an elaborate setup and, uh, there, you know, that guy and her kind of like FaceTime or video chat or whatever. And you can see like, she like talks to him and then she talks to another guy as well. Um, do you remember the names of those two guys or what their like screen names or whatever? Uh, I feel like one was Tinker Bell or Tinker something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, one one guy was like Tinker, Tinker Bell. Which is and I don't know who the other one was. I yeah, I think Barnacle Bob is the guy later in the movie. I don't know if it was him or not. Oh yeah, I think that was him. Yeah. So so Tinker is like the the guy that she was working with who like sets her up, and and he's like you know this uh, kind of dork who's like, oh you know you're great, just like kind of flaunting, uh, just praising her. And, um, saying, uh, that, you know, he's, uh, you know, still looking for a job and stuff. And then she talks to this other guy, Barnacle Bob, maybe, uh, for a while. Um, so then it kind of cuts and, and this is kind of cool. It cuts to like her real life where she's like going to her mom's salon and she's got her brother who's having a party and she's like grocery shopping. And I, I thought these were scenes really cool because it showed like how much of a show or like a performance it is when she's on camera versus her real life, which is like this. Um, you know, just an average person who's like got a family, um, seems to come maybe from like a, I don't know, lower income background perhaps. Um, but just kind of, uh, you know, like your average person, I guess. Yeah. And like, she hasn't told her mom she does this. I think her brother knows. Right. Um, and then I think it's maybe not too far from the scene. She encounters an old classmate at like the Walmart, um, and her classmate works at Walmart and it's kind of a moment where you're like, oh, like she's doing better. Like she's used this as an opportunity to like escape, make more money than she could have otherwise. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, they don't come out and spill that right out. But yeah, now they never. I feel like they kind of contrast her and, and this woman who she meets. Right. That, uh, that's, that's working at Walmart like this is where it could have been. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, they didn't really come out and say that, but I did kind of get that feeling throughout that, like, maybe this place takes place in, like, a small town in America where you don't have a lot of a lot of opportunities. Your mom, you know, her, her mother works at a salon. Um, yeah, your classmates, like, working at a Walmart. And, yeah, maybe that speaks to, like, where she is and, like, the decisions that she's made to, to be where she is. Right. Interesting. Um, anyway, so, uh, she's got, you know, she, her mom thinks she's got like a big date that night or whatever. Um, her brother's like having a birthday party, you know, and, and she invites like the friend that she sees at Walmart and then she goes back to her place for like, um, you know, this big supposed date, which I think just turns out to be like another night on camera. And, you know, she's like really ecstatic because the night before she went from like, uh, the 56th ranked up to 53 and she really wants to break that top 50. And... What is what does she do end up doing on this night that gets her to uh, break fifty? Do you remember? I don't think it was anything too drastic. I think she had just kind of like set up like a date night type thing. Oh yeah, and she had like a steak, right? Oh yeah, and she was just like eating a steak. Yeah, and it's... I think it was just that she was so close to fifty, and she had been like gaining ground already that she knew like this could be the night she broke the top fifty. Yeah, right, and. Somehow eating steak on camera uh, d- did the trick 
and she like breaks the top 50. She's like ecstatic. I mean, this obviously means a lot to her. And she says like, she's been trying to go for this for a long time. I think she told her brother in the previous scene that she wanted to tell, she was holding off on telling her mother, uh, what she did at, for a living until like, you know, she got into like the top 50 or so and was like proud of it. So yeah. I, which I think is a really cool theme that like, she like was really proud of, like, you know, wasn't embarrassed about what she was doing, but she kind of like maybe respected it a bit, but just wanted to be good enough to share it with her mom. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it would soften the blow. Yeah, right. They're like, I like, I'm really good at it too. So she breaks 50, but almost as soon as she starts, uh, as, she, as soon as she breaks 50, uh, viewers start exiting. And it turns out that like this one woman who I think she thought they were friends or something at some point, because uh, this was the girl that she was talking to earlier in the day, right? No, different girl. Ah, oh, man. All right. Well, this is Samantha Robinson from The Witch, correct? The Love Witch. The Love Witch, right. Thanks. <laughs> Minor, minor difference. <laughs> the love, the witch. Yeah. The, the love, the witch. Uh, yeah, the, from the love witch. Um, uh, so, so she's in another room offering to take her top off if everyone like exits from Lola's room. Lola is uh, Alice's screen name. And people start like leaving because they're really excited because uh, the love witch, Samantha Robinson, never takes off her top. Uh, so she's like, you know, what the, what the hell, you know, I just got undermined. She's like pretty upset. Um, and so you can see like, she goes from this emotional high of being like in the top 50 to suddenly like having the carpet pulled under her and like, she's back to like, you know, 54 or 55 or something. Um, and just kind of gutted. And I feel like you kind of ride that emotional roller coaster with her. Yeah. She's a good actress. Yeah. Yeah. I think she carried this pretty well. And then... So then she's like, you know, she's pulling out all stops and she goes to this house where I guess uh, these women um, who work in, uh, for, for these uh, cameras or the, these cam girls, like they, they have a house where like, you know, they shoot a lot of their stuff from. And in the house, I guess there's a, uh, a toy or some kind of ride. Um, the Vibratron, is that what they called it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the premise is like, if you get on it and ride it on camera, it's going to like, you know, boost your ratings by so much. And she's like so low now because like her rank dropped after getting above 50. She'll like do anything to get back up there. So she jumps on it uh, or I don't, I don't know how it works because it doesn't really go into details. But um, you can tell she's not really into it. Uh, but she's like trying to put on a show. And does she break 50 again at that point or not? I th- can't remember if she does or not. Yeah, I can't remember either. But this scene, like while she's like, you know, doing whatever you do on the Vibratron, uh, it was kind of scary because she like she looks up and there's like uh, do you remember like seeing like a head a severed head on like an animal head on the wall or something with horns on it? Um, I don't. I feel like it was kind of a trippy scene, but I can't remember why. Yeah, I I think I feel like there was like a glimpse of like some. It might have just been something on the wall, but this scene like tried to be like kind of a possession scene or like some kind of yeah trippy scene where like you know she's kind of giving away her principles and, you know, selling out. And, like, she's kind of, like, almost, like, sacrificing herself for ratings. And I, and I feel like, you know, that showing, like, this animal head on the wall kind of also played to that image. Oh, um, okay. With that drive. But I'll, I can go back and check, too. Nice. Yeah. Let's uh, roll with it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, then, then the next morning she wakes up. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, she hears something in her place. And it's, it sounds like, she, it sounds like, uh, you know, her voice like coming from another room. So she goes to the studio, uh, it's empty, but the TV's on and she, on the TV, like, you know, it's turned to her channel and she's on the TV, like doing a show, like in a hot tub. 
and um, she's like really confused because all the shows are supposed to be live and at first she thinks it's like maybe an old recording or something but it says live and she like chats with the person on the screen that's supposed to be her and uh, the girl on the screen like chats back to her so she's like kind of like really scared and doesn't understand what's going on like who's this person that's on her channel that's like you know mimicking like everything that she's done or is acting like and she's trying to call the the company that runs the chat service and they're not really helpful at all. They're just like, you know, you're logged in. We don't know who you are, so we can't really authorize you. And it, call, it, it kind basically of basically like every call to the help desk ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was so accurate. Like, well, we can it escalate was. it, but yeah, that's all we can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good portrayal of any, any call to the help desk for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think then it kind of just goes down this path where like you're seeing her identity like kind of being ripped away from her by someone online who she doesn't know who it is, but it's just like kind of locked her out of the account and it's like getting all these views from her. And then, um, you know, there's a scene where like she goes to her brother's birthday party and all his friends like have found her, uh, which is actually this person, I think online, like doing like stuff at a library and like they're making fun of her and and like to her brother and he gets in a fight and then like somehow at this birthday party her mom finds out that like oh that's you doing that and she's like trying to tell people like look that's not me someone's taking my identity um and you know this isn't the way like she wanted people to find out like by this imposter like doing this stuff on online but that's kind of what's what's going on and then yeah that scene where you referred to where like these police officers come by and they're not like really taking her seriously. She's like trying to say like, you know, my identity's been stolen. There's this person on the camera, and the cops just like, well, yeah, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Or like, have you ever slept with anyone? That kind of thing. So I, I think it's yeah, and like I think the other cops like, well, maybe you just shouldn't do this. Or like, that's what you get when you mess around with yeah the internet. Or right, they're just not helpful at all. Exactly, and and I think this sequence like really kind of speaks to the the lack of power, lack of voice or agency that people in, in this role sometimes uh, have, which I, I think is kind of where the horror elements are coming in. Yeah, yeah, and especially, like, I don't know that anything she's doing is really illegal, but, like, for some sex workers, they're doing things that are illegal, and, like, yeah. regardless of how you feel about that, like, there's still people, they're doing a job, and, like... Yep making their industry illegal means that it's not regulated. It still happens, but it's not regulated. So like exactly people are using violence and intimidation. And I mean, there's, there's like no light shined into that industry at all. So like, yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't have a voice. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a yeah, way yeah. to put it, as you said. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So if, if you don't, if you don't like a recognized industry, if you're not, like, you know, if, if you're not, like, uh, you know, the, yeah, embraced by the law and all that stuff, then, yeah, this is the kind of, like, life, I guess, you gotta, this this is what happens, I guess. Yeah, like, you're on your own. Yeah, right, and and so that's kind of, like, the battle you see her going through is, like, she realizes, like, she can't rely on the company, she can't rely on the police, um, uh, you know, like, she, she doesn't really know where to turn. Um, so, uh, she starts to do some digging on the number one uh, ranked person on this website, whose name is Baby. Who is our Northeast Ohio connection? Yep. Yeah, and um, I think uh, to do so, she like meets with one of uh, her clients, uh, this guy that she talked to online a few times, Barnacle Bob, at a restaurant, and um, she's like talking to him, saying like, "Oh, I'm going to go meet Baby. Uh, have you met her?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he he like lets it slip that like she lives in Georgia and all this stuff. 
Um, so she like gets like some clues so like she can go back and kind of look up who she is. And I, I don't understand like why she was looking into baby, uh, to begin with. Do you, do you know why she thought baby could help her? I can't remember. I can't remember if maybe she just wanted to do a video with baby. Cause like, Oh, she's number one and she'll help me get my rank up. Yeah. Um, or there was a point too where, and I don't remember if it's later in the movie, she hears baby say something that's very similar to something Oh, that whoever has taken over her account yeah. said. Like, it was like the exact same phrase. Yeah. She, she was like, something's going on here. Yeah. And but, we should say if we haven't already, it's not just someone who looks like Alice. Like, it is Alex, like, talking. Yeah, and right. She, so it's super trippy. It's like, who is this person? And as you mentioned earlier, like, she signs on with this fake account. She makes an, a new account and, like, chats with this woman as if she's one of the dudes and she's like can you say orange and then this woman says orange and it's like whoa yeah who is this yeah 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 you're right yeah it's like exactly like it's her pretty much like on camera and and she can't figure it out yep so uh yeah you're right yeah her uh she she notices that uh her imposter uh lola and then um baby said the same line which i think is i want to burn this place down uh, and have firemen come, not to put out the fire, but to start, start a fire. Right. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, as one says. Yeah, as, you know, as a common saying. <laughs> uh, so she's on this, so she's trying to track down uh, this girl, Baby, because she thinks she might have some clue, uh, clues potentially. And she meets with this guy, uh, figures out like where uh, Baby lives. And then there's a tense scene where like she's at a restaurant with like the, this guy who like you know she's talked to and met online. And she goes to the bathroom and suddenly her channel like comes live again and her, you know, imposter or, you know, her her alter person or something is doing a live show. And the guy's like sitting in the restaurant and he realizes that, wait, if, you know, uh, Lola's on there right now, then who's this girl he's on a date with? And so there's a tense scene where like he's like kind of hunting her down in the women's bathroom at this Mexican restaurant. And she like kind of has to like escape him and like run away, which yeah was, was interesting. Yeah, he was kind of a sleaze. Yeah, yeah, real, real sleaze, and it just kind of I think speaks to like the the danger that uh, these girls can be in sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and he like felt like he had like ownership of these girls. Like he was like, oh yeah, I help all of them get to the top. Like yeah, it was just so weird, and he like clearly had someone at home that he was like hiding the fact that he's watching. Yeah, yeah, these so- cam videos, and it was just like so gross, but like so real. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, it was so realistic. It was just yeah. like, oh, sure, that's exactly the way this happens. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, man, yeah, this is, this is too real for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she, so she is, she escapes the, from the restaurant, like, after, like, almost being assaulted. Or I guess, like, being assaulted by this guy. Um, yeah. And then, uh, but now she kind of knows, like, Baby lives in Georgia. She looks her up and does some research and figures out that Baby, who's, like, the number one star on this website, actually, like, died, like, a few years ago. And like basically includes that like whoever is playing baby on uh, on the website like isn't her. So that now she's like really confused because she's got like, you know, there's someone playing her now on this website. And then there's uh, someone playing this other dead girl, uh, you know, baby on, on the website as well. Yeah. And me as a viewer, I was like, crap, does that mean like someone's going to come kill her now too? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Like uh, this meant like she was next or someone's going to kill her for sure. Yeah. Um. 
at this point, she, uh, and, oh, I forgot to mention this. Well, while she was in the grocery store, she sees this guy, Tinker, who, who's the guy who helped her get up uh, when, when she did the original stabbing of herself in the beginning. The guy, like, the, she kind of set, set that up with. He was, like, at the grocery store that she was at. And, um, you know, he's, like, kind of moved into town to, like, kind of stalk her. And she's, like, you know, she kind of told him, like, you know, you can't do that. Um, you know, you got to give me my space. And she was, like, weirded out by him. But uh, she decides to go see him. And she confronts him about it, like, you know, someone's stolen my identity. And um, I think she catches him, like, talking to uh, her, like, doppelganger or whatever on online. And uh, she, like, tases him on the ground. And uh, he, he like, says, like, he kind of knows, like, what's going on. He says, like, you know, it's out there. It, like, copies people. And um, it's it's able to do it. And, like, I had a feeling that it was going to come after you. And and it would, uh, you know, recreate you. Um, but that, it doesn't really go into much other, much deeper explanation. Did, did you understand that at all? No, you still don't know what's going on. Yeah, basically he's referred to like some kind of it out there that goes around like copying these women. So then you have this really trippy scene where she goes uh, onto his computer and like starts talking to, uh, you know, her imposter on there. Uh, and, and, and her imposter doesn't really like, you know, recognize that like, oh, I'm talking to someone who look exactly like me or whose identity is me and uh they have like a conversation and i I think that's kind of like a freaky scene where they're just like talking to each other for like two minutes or something yeah and all the dudes in the chat room are like oh my god what's going on like how are they doing this this is great yeah right exactly and then like they're gaining more and more viewers and her rank is going up yep yeah, and it's sorry. There's one scene I forgot, which I, I think was also pretty scary. There's one scene where she's at home, uh, watching it, and uh, she's like in her bedroom, and she sees like her character on the video, um, like she's hanging out. I think she was doing like a show with Baby, and the two of them are like in her apartment where like she is, and they're like coming in to like open her like bedroom door where she's lying down, and you're kind of thinking like, oh my god, like are they actually gonna like walk in and she's like gonna come face to face with? Uh, this, you know, her other, her, her duplicate there, but it doesn't happen. But I thought that was a pretty scary scene. Yeah. Yeah. And like Alice thought so too. She's like looking at the door waiting for somebody to come in. Like, yeah, that was a very trippy scene. And I think another tense scene we forgot to mention is at some point her doppelganger like pulls out a gun, kind of like the knife trick she pulled earlier and shoots herself in the head. Oh yeah. Right. And then like gets back up and is like, gotcha guys. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, really messed up stuff. And every time, like she's doing something like that, like it's taking an emotional effect on uh, a huge emotional impact on the real Alice. Yeah, it's like watching it go down. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of ends up where like those two are talking to each other. Like she's trying to talk to this girl, uh, like herself, basically, on the internet and uh, on in that chat room. And she's like, "Oh, you know, if I give you like so much money, will you put me online with you?" And she's like, "Okay, so now." Uh, they both are like live in the chat room and all the viewers are like, oh my God, like, is that your twin or whatever? And, and then, um, she like decides to play like, a um, like a copycat game with, uh, you know, her imposter. And, um, she like starts like slamming her face into the table. Um, and, and she's like, you know, whatever I do, you got to do. And so then, you know, the, the computer version of her, the, 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 the copy slams her face too. And then, like, they do this, like, two or three times, and, like, Alice, like, breaks her nose, like, doing it, and she's, like, her face is all bloodied up, 
but the version on on the computer i think like you can tell like she's like getting kind of glitchy and it's not like really showing up to be like the real thing on there is that what yeah it was? and it's like she's unharmed at first and then you see some like glitchy stuff type hap- like pixelated stuff happen near her face and then like blood appears on her face yeah and i, and I think like people in the chat room are starting to catch on like oh you know uh you know, you're, you're not, uh, Lola, which, you know, is, is a stage name, like, oh, you're, you know, you're not being real, and this other girl, um, she's, like, her nose is actually broken, she's bleeding, um, and so, uh, somehow, like, Alice, you know, because, like, she went all the way, and, you know, she got more votes, she's, like, all right, you gotta, as a prize, I want your username and password, or I want your password, and so the online bot, or, or you know, the, the version of her online, the copy, gives her the password. Alice goes on, like, logs into the account, and just, like, ends it and deletes it, like, deletes the whole profile. And that's kind of how she kills the bad guy, then. Um, yeah. Anything I miss? No, that's it. And if it feels like, kind of like, a, oh, that's it, like... To you listeners, if you're if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to the plot, like that's the way I kind of felt too. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was such a trippy, disorienting vibe for so much of the movie, and then it was like, oh, she just like, <laughs> presumably it was some sort of like AI or bot. Yeah, and she tricked it into giving her account back. She got it, logged in as herself, and then just continued her job. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of anticlimactic, I guess. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was fine, but. Yeah. It was so so much of the movie was like so much build up and right and trippiness and then you're like oh yep yeah and and then I, I you know I I think it kind of leaves it open ended like she you see her like kind of uh you know, get some makeup done because you know her nose has been broken and and uh, just out of sh- in a different shape now and she like puts on a blonde wig and she like kind of starts over that that's like the end of the movie is her starting over and saying that like you know if it comes after me again I'll just delete my profile again but. It kind of kind of leaves that feeling that like yeah maybe that was it but it's still out there and it's still like going around copying people and it could still come after her without really defining it like really ambiguous I guess. Yeah, which is like, even though I felt like it kind of fizzled out towards the end, kind of how I alluded to this earlier after the fact, I started thinking about some of the logic of it and the creepiness of AI out there learning to mimic people so that you can't tell the difference between people on a video and I was thinking like that's exactly where they would start like with a cam girl like somebody who traditionally doesn't really have a voice in society like yeah what are they gonna do like that's true yeah I feel like if something like this really emerged this is how it might start Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like an obvious prey, yeah, someone who doesn't have a lot of rights, there's isn't, like, a regulated industry to, like, follow them or, like, to validate them and are so, like, remote and, like, kind of on their own that, like, right. uh, yeah, it seems like an easy target for, like, a, a software like that. Yeah, so that part of it is really cool to think about after the fact. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I never, I never thought about it that way. It makes a lot of sense. That, that's how you think computers are going to take over, like, one camera at a time? Yeah, <laughs> technology. Yeah, like I gotta test. test this technology somehow and like do a real world implication. So yeah, this is where I'll hone it. Yeah, I mean the real Siri is out there and she's probably pissed, <laughs> but it's the Siri that we all talk to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's that's a really good point. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think that's that's kind of what was like the most effective part of that. This movie maybe is like how realistic it was, the depiction, and like how like uh 
true like her battle was uh and like how like limited her the resources that she had and how she kind of had to like take it on to herself plus like I, I was like at the end when there's like a defiant character who's like you know this i, I just kind of like got you know beat up in this whole movie but you know I'm, I'm coming out of it stronger and i'm gonna take it back on uh, i, I kind of like that vibe to it too yeah for sure um yeah just to echo what you said every character is so realistic like yeah it's really good acting and just good writing. Like the characters are written like real people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The dialogue feel, feels like pretty good. And, um, yeah, everyone like felt like super, uh, yeah, like realistic. Yeah. Time. And even though it's like kind of an outlandish and trippy concept, like it could happen. And like, if it did, this is probably about how it would go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, so and it was a eerily realistic movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And do you feel like uh, it was horror enough, or do you feel like that's like a miscategorization of this movie? <laughs> Here we go again. Yes, our favorite topic. <laughs> I don't think it was very horror heavy, but it, it, definitely enough to call it horror. It was. I think a thriller is a really good description. Like, yeah, it was tense and trippy, and there were more emotions of horror than there are in some more blood and guts traditional horror movies. Yeah. Psychological thriller, horror, yeah, I, I could definitely, I, I think you're right. The, the way it was shot, even the music and, and some really tense scenes, I, I think it definitely uh, had, had its scares in it, or tense moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and all, like, under a pretty limited budget. I think they only had, like, a million dollars for this, which which uh, was pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, that's what I saw, one million. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, were you, uh, you weren't upset at all, like, that the un- end was, like, kind of undefined? You you wouldn't have, like, I, I kind of thought something supernatural might have, uh, be going on, or, like, there might be some kind of demonic thing going on, but, um, I don't know, did, did you feel like that, or were you disappointed there wasn't? Um, I was a little disappointed in the ending, but I don't think that's why. Like, I think it might have gotten a little bit hokey if they tried to make it a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like the AI element. Yep. But I just feel like the climax itself wasn't quite as uh, cathartic as maybe I wanted it to be. Yeah. It just kind of felt like a fizzle out after <laughs> everything we went through. Yeah, it's just a matter of like hitting a delete button. That's <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Because uh, like, yeah. really what she's conquering in the end is like this bot. It's almost like... If, someone stole your identity and you finally got your password back like i'm sure it's very relieving (laughs) yeah yeah if you're going through it but like cinematically it wasn't didn't wow me yeah it's hard to like make that a huge epic uh win or anything um Mm -hmm. and you know i i thought that for a good portion like why doesn't she just like walk away from this and like just create a new profile and start over but i guess like part of this also was like that person had her identity and like the family connections and it, well, I guess that person was like basically living like it had some kind of simulated world of hers where like uh it knew like everything about her and like her brother and her family and everything so I, I guess she needed to put an end to it yeah and like she didn't really know it was AI I don't think like for the majority of the movie I don't think she knows or we as the viewer know what's going on like yeah is this a person or is there something supernatural going on it's very emotionally upsetting both to the viewer and to the character yeah you seem pretty confident that it was ai though are you you sure about that i i don't know that for sure i just 
Yeah. That was the v- impression I was left with. I think AI is probably the most like rational explanation, but I also think like to the degree that this went where like it knew like uh, her brother, it knew her like the whole layout of her place where it could like just go into like different bedrooms in her house. Um, that seems like pretty advanced AI, but yeah, you're right. Maybe it's coming and it's coming for the cam girls. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is like identity theft plus AI plus, I don't know, maybe some other stuff we don't even understand. Yeah, yeah. Out of five, um, shoot, what's what's a good uh, category here? Oh, out of five uh, Vibratrons, is that what they were called? <laughs> yeah, I think it was the Vibratron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'd give it 3.5, the Vibratrons. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I would give it uh, exactly the same. Three and a half Vibratrons. Yeah. I was kind of feeling like it was a four while I was watching, but then the end just didn't wow me, so dropped it down. Yeah. I had the offset. I kind of felt like it was a two and a half while I was watching it, but now talking through it with you and like calling out some like the more, uh, you know, in depth elements about, uh, and, and the reality of things in it, uh, and, and how well it was executed, that I'd bump it up a bit. Yeah. Cool. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> but was it really horror? <laughs> I was so pumped. I thought we were going to do two movies in a row. We recorded Overlord and this one tonight where we both really liked it, but yeah, <laughs> it was Overlord close. Overlord did not work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a close one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, anything else? That's all I have. All right. Uh, well, that's all for this episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion about uh, Cam Girl. Or Cam, right? Was it? Cam. It was just Cam. No the, no girl. Cam. <laughs> all right, man. You got me. Uh, all right. If you want to join the discussion, uh, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. Or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is by MMA Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're creating an online profile, uh, make sure you set a unique password that contains a good proportion of capital letters, small letters, uh, numbers, and exclamation points. Mm-hmm.